Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. And also things that people who don't identify as gay like. And I'm not saying all gay people like all these things because we all have our own interests. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Things Gay People Like. This is our Eurovision recap, review, catch-up episode after um, I and my guests today attended Liverpool and the Eurovision uh, festivities this year. So hello to, we're bringing back John from two Eurovision episodes ago. Hi John. Hello Kevin. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. I must say I've been nursing a bit of a grudge for the past uh, few months that you invited Tyrion onto this year's Eurovision special and not me, but I will I will let that go. Okay, thank you. That's very big of you. Freddie, hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Freddie. This is Freddie from way back in episode two, our Strictly Come Dancing episode. It's good to have you back on. Thanks. It's good to be back on. I've been trying to kind of work my way back onto the podcast for months so thanks for having me yeah i was thinking earlier it's a bit like um in all stars when some old relic from the past shows up and you're like oh yeah i remember them are you saying freddie's the mrs Carter davis this year? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will accept that yeah yeah good 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 speaking of tyran actually i um wanted to hear from him obviously because he was our guest for this year but he is not well and he sent me a very kelly Rowland-esque voice note on twitter just now but it sounded very legit he does not sound well so some of some of what was going around in liverpool i think has yet to uh, leave him we're also going to hear from our guest from the steps episode that's james who i bumped into in liverpool and he was there in a working capacity so he he's going to have some interesting stories i think i think he met everybody and like hugged lorene and all this kind of stuff so we're going to hear from him a bit later as well but john you were there in a press capacity as well right uh yeah on and off yeah yeah you were involved in the esc insight podcasts which um, I tuned into a couple, and they're always very insightful. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed them. Oh, thank you, Frank. It's always hugely stressful to put them together, so I always appreciate uh, people enjoying them. So because you're on the move and you're there, and it's all happening around you, like I, ca- I just I'm happy sitting in my bedroom. I could not make a podcast anywhere other than in this chair in my bedroom. So yeah, oh, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We power through. So here we are on a day when there are four songs from Eurovision in the UK top ten singles chart. And that has that ever happened before? I don't know. I think there were maybe like three in the seventies. There was one seventies contest. I think it was the Abba one that where like there were quite a few entries that became hits. But yeah. it's it's certainly rare, and it's been a long time. So it, it's kind of surreal to like tune into the charts and hear like in at number ten, Alessandra, in at number six, yeah, oh yeah, in at number two, Lorraine. Fuck Ellie Golding. Fuck Calvin Harris. Oh, there we go. We've said it. <laughs> Freddie, you and I were both first timers at the contest. Um, give, give me a little sense of just how the week was for you as you're reflecting now a week later. Well, a week later, having almost recovered, um, <laughs> it was just incredible. Um, like I said in my BBC interview, which is yet to air, but um, <laughs> hopefully watch, keep watching the news and it might it might transpire. I said it was just an incredible atmosphere. I mean, first Eurovision, I have to say, compared to John, I'm kind of entry level basic knowledge. Um, totally fine. But but it was it was just incredible. You know, the atmosphere in Liverpool, the way they hosted, and and just the whole the whole week. You know, we seeing seeing it in the semis in the arena. 
um, obviously the live rehearsals and stuff was just insane. And then actually being in the village for the final was better than I thought it was going to be. Like it exceeded all my expectations. So no, it was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of in this post Eurovision just like haze of like gratitude in a way or just like contentment and um, and uh, poverty. But like, it was... <laughs> yes, very <laughs> that, very <laughs> that. There's a reason I don't own my own house and it is also the fact that I do this every year. <laughs> But it was it was just such a magical week. Like it's such a strange thing to say. Kevin, to say it like don't that. set me off. Don't set me off. You know, <laughs> a bit I cried. I yeah. cried about five times throughout the week. Um, yeah, it was just and a couple of times since. And, yeah, yeah, and only yeah. a couple of times I cried was due to the uh, accommodation we were staying in. So <laughs> the rest of it was Eurovision related. <laughs> I think we all yeah. wept a bit in that shower, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we all shared an Airbnb, some of us for longer than others. But listen, <laughs> so um, I have to also just say a quick shout out to Kyle on Twitter because he said on Twitter, I can't wait for the uh, Gay People Pod Eurovision review episode. And I was like, I'm not going to do one. Like, I wasn't planning on doing <laughs> one. So now here we are. So thanks, Kyle. The public uh, demanded it. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So John, you as somebody who has been to many, many Eurovisions, um, and somebody who's originally from Liverpool, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. How did you, how, how just overview kind of big picture, how did you feel it all went? Oh, it was it was really incredible. I think I remember when I was on your show, I think I came on the after show, actually. So we already knew. Oh, yeah, that, the, the update, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was a point where we thought it might be in, I think, no, I think it was just that we knew it was in the UK. But yeah. I, and even then I was like, well, the UK, kind of, you know, not the most exciting. I'm used to being taken abroad, you know. Um, yeah. But then, and then it was, it was in my home city even more. I was kind of like, well, I'm, it's kind of not really a holiday for me to go back to the birthplace of all my childhood traumas, but, you know, I'll give it a go. But actually, <laughs> I was truly blown away. Like, Liverpool, mm. I'm, I don't, I'm sure you'll agree, Liverpool embraced it to, like, to the level that, like, Sweden embraces it, to the level that, like, yeah. Ukraine embraces Like, there are certain places where they just have such pride in it and they really love it. And whenever they win, they really pull all the stops out and Liverpool was really that it was everywhere you could not escape it in the city it was absolutely fantastic so it didn't feel like being back in a city that I know very well because it was like it had a fresh lick of Eurovision paint on it yeah absolutely and I'd never been to Liverpool before and I really I really enjoyed being there but it was almost like as much as it was like you know a way to showcase the city I think one of the big takeaways for me is you know, and it's so cliche, but like the people and the attitude of the people of Liverpool and the positivity and the enthusiasm, they all seemed to be like going for it in the Eurovision village, like they wanted to take part. And and just the little chats we had. Um, Freddie, this is probably a good time to talk about your outfit on the Saturday night. Do you want to? Oh, oh if you insist. OK, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So <laughs> do you want to describe it? Do you want to paint a picture? Well, for us? yeah. So uh, it's it's quite a special number. It's um, a sequined kind of jumpsuit. It's Ooh. traditionally worn by a woman, yeah. um, but uh, I I just found it a few months ago, and I've worn it a couple of times at special occasions and events. And I thought, what better place to wear it than the Eurovision final? In, yeah, in it's a high so, impact garment. I would call it. It's high impact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you, like... could, you could use that. <laughs> It's like off the shoulder and stuff, right? And you had like a glittery beard and stuff. And yeah. um, the experience of walking with you through the city centre on the way to the village 
Um, how did that feel for you, by the way? Because it was very, very busy. And what kind of energy yeah. were you receiving from the people? It was it was overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive, like in a good way. Just yeah, I've worn it. A, I've worn it a couple of times in kind of very LGBTQ plus environment. Mm. So at kind of festivals or you know hoopla events and stuff. But yeah. the reaction was <laughs> incredible, and just from all types of people, not just your traditional like hen weekend. Yeah. Um, groups but you know few a few kind of straight men who were genuinely just like oh my god you look amazing let's get a picture and it was just that kind of people didn't need to to go that far but they were mm. just clearly showing that they wanted to be supportive and yeah. positive and yeah it was it was really really lovely quite touching and I, I kind of at the end of that finale that final you know when we'll probably come on to it but you know when the fireworks go off and you've got the Beatles music coupled with Ukraine. It was just so overwhelming, the mm. whole kind of experience. It was really, really lovely. Yeah, people were going out of their way to come up to you and to just say, you know, you look fabulous, you look, you look amazing. And um, as you say, like some straight guys, can I, can I say that quote that the guy said? You can, do, do. <laughs> he was like, he was chatting to us I for couldn't. <laughs> he was chatting to us for a bit. And then he was like, I won't do the, I won't do the accent. But uh, he was like, if I... Oh, please do. <laughs> If I wasn't, yeah, if I wasn't with my no, hang on, Liverpool, I'm in Liverpool. I'd be if I wasn't with my missus, I'd be taking you home, son, and like that kind of thing. And it was just like, it was just. And do you know what? At the moment, and it's like not to get in big picture, like uh, issue based, but at the moment, it does seem like there is a lot of discourse around intolerance of LGBTQ people and also of different gender expressions and all that kind of thing. There's just a lot of that flying around. So for all that warmth and all that positivity to come your way and me on the sidelines in a much less uh, <laughs> high impact outfit um, was like just so wonderful and beautiful. And so that was like one, definitely one of the highlights of the week for me. Can we put like a little pic- a picture of it on the Instagram? Would you be okay with that? Of course, Kevin. You I mean, can choose the pic. You can no. choose the pic. Of course. Or you could even use the clip of us that appeared on ITV National News. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When yeah, we yeah. were papped. Yeah, we were, we were. <laughs> um, and I just want to say quickly, there were other guests from the podcast around. So we had Kyle from the Neighbours episode. We obviously had Tyrion. Uh, Marcus from the Scream episode was there. James from the Steps episode. Paul from the Escom 7 episode. Peter from ABBA. And I also met, big shout out to Adam and Max, who are listeners of the podcast and hopefully future guests um, it was so nice to talk to them as well. John, what did you think of the club setup? So there was a Euro club and there was a Euro fans club. We visited both, right? We did, yeah. I thought they were both really, really good. I thought the Euro club was one of the best I've ever been to. It was, um, it was so good. It was in a venue called the Camp and Furnace. It was really mm. well laid out. So they had two club kind of nightclub areas. Um, yeah. One, both with a giant stage on, and what the funny thing was, we we saw a lot of performers there. What they always do if you've not been to one of these before is they bring a lot of performers from like Eurovision's past, like Eurovision icons, some questionable icons. Um, <laughs> we saw in the Kevin same night, yeah, exactly. We saw in the same night, it's like the, the highs that was Charlotte Pirelli, genuine Eurovision diva, yeah. and uh, they maybe the, the more modest highs of a uh, Gemini reforming. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing was that they would all do whoever they were, they would do their set in one room. And then they just leg it to the next room and do the exact same set. So if you wanted to, you could just follow them. I think you saw Charlotte Pirelli twice, didn't you? Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> you could also tell how you could tell the popularity of the act by the size of the stampede from one room oh, to yeah, the next. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> With Charlotte Pirelli, it was it was basically the whole room just moved next door to 
watch it again. Yeah, and actually, Freddie, on your episode, I think you picked The Girl by Charlotte Pirelli as one of your songs for the playlist. And we talked about how much we love that song. And I know, John, you're a oh. fan as well. Mm-hmm. And Damn. I was like, she's not going to do it, is she? She's not going to do it. And when she did it, it was such an amazing moment. And yeah, it was just... The, the the night of dreams <laughs> it really, <laughs> really really was i just i never actually thought that i would ever see her perform that song yeah and you know i you know we all love pop music for me that is the best pop song of all time regardless <laughs> yeah. of melfest eurovision i just <laughs> love it so much there's yeah. something about it seeing her perform that twice was just yeah. like I think you said, John, you could die a happy gay man that night as well. I, right? Yeah, I true. The same. <laughs> Truly, I, I don't. I don't believe she performs it terribly often. Um, right. When, yeah. when she's when she's in Sweden, when she does her shows in Sweden, I don't because it didn't do terribly well at Melfest. Famously, it, it didn't make it through the semi-finals. A very controversial. Mm. Well, she forgot the lyrics. She did forget she? the lyrics, and the, the, the stage show was a little janky. But I mean, yeah. also, I think she doesn't really have it in her like regular repertoire. So I'm thinking probably one of the people who organised it might have put a word in her ear, like, look. If you sing this one, it will play well. Because she did her two Eurovision winners. They, they, in my mind, they both won Eurovision. She did Hero, <laughs> yeah. and she did Take Me to Your Heaven. And then she yeah. did Still Young, which was her big hit from a couple of years ago. And when she'd yeah. done those three, I thought, oh, oh yeah, I was like, oh, it's, I guess she's not going to then. Um, yeah. But then she she really left it to last, and she really built it up in a way I don't think she would have done for a Swedish audience. So, mm. And obviously the room just erupted. It was amazing. So There would have been a riot had she not done the girl. <laughs> well, for me, for me at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Swedish audiences are kind of known to be quite reserved, aren't they? So she, she maybe, I, I would hope that she felt the the force of adoration from all those assembled that night, and I hope she enjoyed it. Definitely, um, you can always see that when you when you watch, especially the Swedish artists when they come to these Euro Club things outside Sweden and they get this massive energy because the, it's just a cultural thing. And I saw it when Lorraine came back from. Um, winning Eurovision, so she'd literally just brought them that seventh win, and she performs this in, in front of this huge crowd in Sweden, and she belts out tattoo, and the crowd is kind of like mild applause, polite applause. Like it's, it's so bizarre, <laughs> yeah. but it's just it's just the way they are. They're a cult. Yeah, people. yeah. And a quick mention to Cornelia Jacobs as well, who did one of my favorite songs of all time, "Hold Me Closer," um, and that was that was on the same night. And we also saw like we saw the Roop at one point, and we saw um, we saw a couple of the acts from this year at the clubs and. Um, Linda Martin, I mean, mm. so forget Irish icon. I- iconic. <laughs> <laughs> iconic yeah. All right, well, let's get into just a little bit of chat about the semis. So, we all had tickets to the what you know, where traditionally the jury shows for the semis. So, and um, the night before each semi final, uh, they did they ran the whole show, but as an additional thing, they all that's also where we got the performances by the big five and Ukraine. So, effectively, we saw all 37 entries, which was amazing, right? Because the people who saw the semi finals, the live ones, didn't get that. So, uh, that was that was cool, but um. Uh, John, you've seen semi-finals before, right? So it was kind of n- nothing new to you. Well, it was really actually. I really enjoyed this setup. This is actually the first time that I've been to a non-televised semi-final because the demand oh, yeah. for tickets was so high. So we we ended up yeah. going, as you say, to the Monday and Wednesday shows. And I really liked that because we really got the best of both worlds. I think because we saw the full show, mm-hmm. and also I feel like the show we saw was as well as having the top, the big five. It felt just a little bit looser, like Hannah Waddingham would like play with the crowd a little bit on off moments mm. and stuff. That whereas obviously when it's TV time, it has to all be to like the millisecond timing. Uh, so and then we got to go and watch the actual shows uh, in various bars, and that in itself was like really you know exciting as well because you got that TV yeah. experience. So I loved it. I it was one of the best I've ever done. So 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And for us, yeah. Freddie, walking into the arena the first time we walked in, that was a bit of a moment, wasn't it? To just see like we're actually it at was, Eurovision. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, the setup and the, the staging and everything in, in the arena was insane. The lighting and stuff, which really just makes it feel so special. And I think the fact we were in the golden circle kind of standing right by the stage yeah. made it even more kind of impressive, you know, seeing everything up close. I, I guess... To John's point around kind of being able to see it in the arena and then on TV, that actually made it really interesting. Before we went, mm. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to see the same show twice, you know, uh-huh. every night of the week. But it actually felt really different. And what was interesting was some of the performances didn't quite connect. You didn't quite connect with them in the arena. Mm. And then when you watch them on TV, you kind of could see why they were so much better on TV because that's yeah. kind of how they were set up with their staging. So, yeah, it was it, Felt very different each night. Yeah, definitely. So I did have a little bit of. I think I had a little moment with you, Kev. That I always love where this happens with somebody that you, when you walked into the arena and you you had like a real like, I'm at a Eurovision. You were like so happy to. <laughs> I love that when I because I've been a few times. I'm quite jaded on it now, but like yeah. when someone's, I love going to someone having their first Eurovision when they walk into the arena and they're like, I'm at a Eurovision show, and just mm. your, your little face lit up. I loved it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. for me too. as well. I. I loved the opening number, the, the UK Ukraine story, kind of telling it through the children and stuff oh, on stage. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that really got got me. That was like, oh my, oh my word, we're actually here at Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, considering we saw all of the entries, uh, uh, all thirty-seven, um, and. I was I had kind of been semi avoiding, you know, rehearsal clips and stuff like that. So I was like, let's just see them there and see what the staging is like. Were there any countries that you felt were really improved by clever or effective staging? Is there anything that uh, springs to mind? Freddie, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I think there was a few that really kind of stood out. I think some of the songs that you really kind of like beforehand and then you see them on stage and you're like, wow, that's really elevated it. Like um Czechia my sister's crown was amazing yeah. their staging using the long ponytails and stuff was really effective and it just really kind of elevated it other other songs like Armenia future lover mm-hmm. quite simple staging but again it just made it much better than than you know listening to it obviously and um I, I really enjoyed that one as well I yeah. think um Croatia, obviously it's completely crazy, um, but I, I quite enjoyed that. The way that they really just kind of embraced the craziness and, you know, having the the rockets with the, the fireworks coming out and the men in pants. I mean, yeah. men in pants is always going to win in, <laughs> in staging, of course. John, were there any uh, particular entries that you thought the staging really uh, was very effective? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that a lot of the songs you'll see, they'll win their various national selections, but that will be usually in a much, unless it's Sweden, where they, it's literally as big as Eurovision, their, their national selection, Melody Festival. And, but for the, a lot of the other countries, they'll be on much smaller stages. So you really, you'll see a taste of what the plan is, but then you'll you'll see it, as you say, elevated. And Finland, for example, was already a great performance in the Finnish studio version it was essentially the same. A lot of what he did then, he repeated like riding the kind of human centipede of dancers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. it just was so elevated with the, with the LEDs behind him, with the silhouettes and the way he bursts out of that box. It was really show-stopping. So I loved seeing that really elevate up. 
I would also agree yeah. Czechia was fantastic. Mm. Um, and Israel, Israel, who didn't have a national selection, they, she was internally selected because she's a very big star in Israel. Yeah. Had, we hadn't seen that perform. She hadn't even done many of the pre-parties. So that really was, we had no idea that was kind of a blank slate. And my God, that was, talk about elevating a kind of middling song with an amazing performance. Like that was next level. So they were ones that really stood out for me. Definitely. And they were rewarded, weren't they, for that, like uh, Israel especially coming third, right? Yeah, they came third. A yeah. very good result for them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and Czechia were top ten, weren't they? Yep, they just scraped. Yeah, which is good for them. Um, mm-hmm. And like that's a song I, that I picked that for my kind of glow up as well, staging wise. Like that was a song that beforehand in my mind was just quite chaotic, mm. and when I saw the video as well, I, it, it was all just like the crazy makeup and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can't really get a hold on this. And then the staging was actually quite sleek and simple and everybody was wearing the pink and it was a lot more uh, easy for me to just kind of engage with it and appreciate it. And they were one of the few entries that had the screens actually move out forward from the the, the LEDs at the back. And uh, anything where somebody holds their ponytail or their plait, is, I, I always enjoy <laughs> that. I just, I don't know why, just hold your own hair. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, so yeah, that was my that was my pick for that. And then quickly, I suppose, with Sweden, how did you feel about the smaller box uh, versus Melody Festival? And obviously it wasn't too much of a hampering thing in the end. But John, were you? did you kind of get over it and be like, okay, look, it's fine. Nobody saw Melfest anyway. I, to- I know a lot of people were kind of freaking out, like the box is smaller. It never bothered me. Okay. I-, I-, I didn't even notice because for me, Lorraine is the show. She is yeah. such a phenomenal like performer. Your, your eyes are just on her all at all times. So it didn't really bother me. But it was really nice, I think, because Sweden often do have a bit of a problem where they will have this very elevated performance at Melfest because Melfest is a huge arena show in itself. And they have a lot more time and budget to put it together and make it exactly how they want it to be. And then mm. often in years past, it kind of isn't quite, it doesn't quite come through the same way. Your vision, it kind of loses a little something. I think... Um, mm. The aforementioned Charlotte Pirelli suffered with that with uh, Hero in 2008, Melena Ehrman in 2009, uh, and even Cornelia, it was good, but it didn't quite have that magic for me that it had when it won Melody okay. Festival. And, but yeah. Lorraine just did. She absolutely, every time, just knocked out of the park and blew me away. So, yeah, yeah fair, fair. And there's actually, I was looking at this thing on Twitter, which had like all seven performances of Tattoo so far, mm-hmm. all playing at once. So you could really compare like all the different angles and all the different uh, stuff. And there's actually in the BBC, so in the Eurovision versions, which I didn't notice in the Swedish one, there's a turn. Do you know the turn that I'm talking about where she's standing? I think it's maybe at the end of the second chorus. And she turns and her hair swings with her. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, it's just like, that's like the image of that performance for me. Like it's so uh captivating it's so simple so so good um freddie yeah. did you have any songs or entries where you were like this staging is a bit pants well yeah one in particular stood out that i was quite excited about seeing um was iceland yeah. obviously didn't qualify but um power by iceland i really liked that beforehand yeah and seeing it in the, the arena on and on um on tv as well it just didn't have any staging basically it just Very felt really limited. really exposed and yeah there was just nothing going on it's such a shame because it didn't need a huge amount like they didn't need to spend loads it was just really disappointing and i think it kind of let the song down i think it could have qualified but just didn't felt like they didn't really put the effort in yeah and what a great vocal from her like she was that was one of the best vocals of the whole contest for me Um, and she really gave everything and left it all out there on the stage and then was roundly um dismissed speaking of being dismissed john there was a controversy wasn't there about the attempt to have 
contestants on the stage when the reveal was being done for the semi-finals like we even have some footage of them all standing there like they're on Strictly waiting for the light to shine on them and um, do you think it was the right call to like actually go do you know what this is maybe not what we want to do yeah 100% I, I thought mm-hmm. it was it was just too cruel it was kind of excruciating and actually um, I, had, I heard some whispers around the arena that it was actually the reason that they dropped it at the last minute because as you say they got as far as rehearsing it and it was the artists themselves and the delegations after they rehearsed mm-hmm. it once they were like they, they kind of kicked off and said, this is really not acceptable. It's far, it's too embarrassing. It, it's it's mm. drawing it out. It's I, it's exposed. Because some of these performers are like, the Greek guy was 60. The other ones were like 17, 18, 19, 20. You know, very yeah. young to be exposed to that kind of thing. And actually, I believe the rumor is that Lorraine was the one who actually stepped in and kind of used her you know, power and, and actually said to the d- producers, like, because it's no small thing to have a big, a major change at the literal 11th hour. Yeah, but I believe it was her who, so so the rumors go allegedly, uh, who stepped mm. in and was like, "No, this is not happening. We will not perform like this." And obviously, yeah. the others rallied behind us. So, yeah. go off, Lorraine. You union unionizing the artists. I love it. Mother, <laughs> mother, <laughs> truly mothering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it would have actually added anything. I mean, no, it's the fact no. that they've got everyone in the green room already. It's kind of yeah. that's quite exposed in itself. So I don't think you need in in a world of be kind. I don't think you want to see everyone up on stage like no. in tears with the lights go out like. yeah, yeah it's yeah. just not in the spirit of your origin it was just a bad call all around so i'm really glad that they didn't go through with that yeah and speaking of um the 16 year old from greece i found like his staging was a little bit questionable as well bless him he did a great job hopping around the place but there were these like big huge projections of him on the leds or images of him just kind of shuffling around or like <laughs> not being not looking like he's on camera at all so i was like mm, i don't really know what's going on there disagree uh, disagree Disagree. I think they 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 utilize their best asset. Let's not pull on that thread. Any anywho, John, was there anything that you thought staging was just like? uh -uh. Well, I hate to say it, and I hope you'll forgive me for this, but Ireland, Ireland. It just it's there were two things. I mean, first of all, the moose knuckle was just like it was so distracting. (laughs) I got I I got texts from it wasn't just a. It wasn't just like something that we noticed as fans. Like I got texts from people at parties like, what the hell is going on with Ireland's moose knuckle? <laughs> so yeah, the, the outfit was just distracting and a mistake. I think also, unfortunately, there's something that I call sad pyro. It's a bit of a Eurovision phenomenon, sad pyro, which is oh, when yeah. a song is kind of a little bit tragic and isn't really very good and isn't working. When they just throw either a golden shower, the, you know, the fireworks, or they'll have the pyro effects. And I think if you throw Pyro on a song that is truly triumphant, then it's like a wow moment. But if you throw it on a song that's kind of a bit of a flop, it just okay. makes it even more tragic. And unfortunately, Ireland was like a classic sad Pyro for me this year. It just, okay. yeah, a bit of a yeah. sad trombone of an entry all round, unfortunately. Oh, bless them. I bless think them. it was also the performance, really, that let him down. He just didn't really feel like he was giving it his all or that he even really wanted to be there. And it was, it's a half-decent song, but yeah, I agree, John. It just was let down. It's funny, isn't it? Because... It's only when I watched it recently, I kind of saw where it had let itself, where, where it, the drawbacks. At the time, it's certainly when you're in the arena, but even when you're in a pub, which is where we watched that one, you just get so caught up in it. You're barely watching it, I think, or barely listening. For me, anyway, I was just like, hooray. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, oh, actually, hang on, let me just look at this and blah, 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 And it wasn't, you know, we, we bless them. God bless them. And I actually just last night bought tickets to see them in Dublin in two weeks they're playing like this they're supporting Lewis Capaldi not going to that but I am going to see them afterwards in this little uh, midnight show because they're performing with 
uh, Joker out from Slovenia here in Dublin. Very, very exciting for me. So I'm supporting Joker out. But also Wild Youth, I'm happy to be doing my bit for them. So yeah, good for them. And I hope they, because um, they have some other really good songs. So like, I hope I hope they can look back on it as an interesting fun-ish experience and kind of just move on with their with their career which is you know quite well established so sticking with the semi-finals just for one sec which um country would you if you had the chance upgrade from the flops and to make the grand final from semi one um freddie do you want to go first yeah i don't know which way around the semis were but i think semi one for me is malta oh yeah they were yeah yeah, yeah, I would have 100% put You'd be pushing through. them up. Yeah, 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 I just think it was a really fun song. It was a good, good song. The performance was brilliant. Um, it just yeah. had such great energy in the arena, and I think it was a shame that it didn't get through. Um, on the flip side, the one that I don't think should have got through was Serbia. Yeah. It just was not for me. Um, so I would have, I would have switched Malta with Serbia. Yeah, fair enough, okay. Yeah. It was so funny, like, was our group of friends we were kind of going into it we're like uh, Malta's, Malta are out and then we saw them in the arena and it was so um, contagiously fun and upbeat and just enjoyable that we were like all they're going through and then they didn't go through happens um, every yeah, it happens to me every year there's always <laughs> there's always some bit of old rope that like beforehand you're like oh that's doomed and then you see the stage show and you get really caught up and you're oh my god that's going yeah. through and then it always it, last year it was, it was actually Brooke it was Ireland same thing I was oh, convinced yeah. was, she was yeah. going through and then it just didn't happen yeah so yeah and for me as well Malta was just lyrically incredible I mean that <laughs> iconic lyric I feel better in my sweater it's just amazing and they took the sweater off and and there was another sparkly sweater. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't see that on TV. We only were no. lucky enough to see it in person. The actual removal of the sweater. Um, John, who would you like ditch from semi-final one, and who would you um, upgrade? I'm the same. Like I said, Malta. I thought it was really good fun. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in the interest of giving a different answer, though, I would also say that I, f- I wish Latvia had got through because I thought they were. It was a really beautiful little number that Latvia did, and they've not oh, qualified. They were so close. Yeah, they were so close. They were three points away mm. in the end, and they've not qualified since 2016. So they've had a very long dry spell, which I don't like to see. Yeah. So, yeah, hoping next year. And I would, for me, I would have switched out uh, Switzerland, uh, which I just thought was a little dull. Not, not, not to my taste. Okay. I don't want to be. I like to. I would put like Malta it. in Croatia out. You like to start, Freddie. Yeah. Um, okay, semi semi two. John, what would you? Who would you put in? Who would you put out? So for semi two, I think I would have again. I would have put in Georgia. To be honest, I think semi two had the correct oh, yeah. qualifiers. Nothing really. I don't think there's anything okay. terribly egregious. But again, Georgia haven't qualified since 2016. Just to in, in the interest of breaking that streak, and she was so upset. Again, she was a young girl. We saw her in the green room. She was truly devastated. She was crying her heart out. I really felt for her. So. Okay. To spare her that pain, I would have put her in. And I would have switched out for semi to uh, Estonia, again, just because I'm not a big fan of the slightly staid, boring ballads. So, And I am, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> well, I you love go. a staid, boring ballad. It did nothing for me. It was like probably my 37th of the year. Well, maybe 36th, poor Romania at the bottom. Um, Freddie, who would you chuck out and who would you put in semi two? I don't think you're going to be surprised who I would put in. We've talked about him earlier. Victor oh, from Victor. Greece. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah. really like the song. Um, you know, you well, know, you know what, what they say. say. Yeah, you, you can sing it, Kevin, yeah. Um, I think also the fact that we saw him perform in the Euro Village the day before, and yeah. it gave a really 
lovely performance. He's quite sweet. So and, cute. So cute. I mean, the iconic choreography of boxing, kind of sparring on stage, yeah. <laughs> whilst dressed yeah. as Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. With, with the staging that you didn't like. Yeah. I just thought it was a great song. Should have got through. The one that I would yeah. have um, replaced instead, or taken out rather, was Albania. Just did nothing for me. Um, oh okay yeah just not just not it was very very Albanian um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind yeah. it in the end you know but yeah I'd put Iceland in bless her and chuck Estonia out yeah it did nothing for me whatsoever but did very well as well in yeah, the end so yeah. like this is the thing so moving on to the final like you just never know like okay so we kind of knew it was Sweden and Finland you know and we were like oh maybe France which didn't transpire but you never know really how everything else is going to go like the, the front runners maybe but everything else could just go any which way um John what was your biggest shock from the final results um in terms of positive well in terms of one that did better than i expected was the cyprus they came 12th and i, I was i oh, did yeah. not see that coming I, I thought that would be kind of towards the bottom end um yeah that did really well it was their best result since fuego uh, back in 2018 and they've had some bops since then it. so um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, justice for el diablo absolutely just for el diablo justice for tamta yeah. tantalizing tamta from 2019 yeah. <laughs> um but also yeah. in ten- the one that i really thought deserved to do a lot better and i was really gutted for them was slovenia I think poor Slovenia. Yeah. Every year this happens to them. Well, every year when they send something good, sometimes they send some right rubbish. But when Slovenia are good, yeah. when they send, they have a tendency to send a fan favourite. It's happened to them three or four times in the past few years. That really gets a lot of hype beforehand, and then it always just doesn't get the votes in the in the final. It happens to them in 2015. It happens to them in 2019. And I really, okay. Slovenia haven't been in the top ten for something like 20 years. It's been ages, and I really uh. want them to break that little duck that they've got. And yeah, I think they came like 21st, 22nd, and they really deserve better than that. Yeah, agree, agree, definitely agree. They're one of my top, top faves going into it. Um, I've ditched them slightly since. I'm like, hmm. Uh, like, oh, well, more so, other things have moved up in my estimations. Like, there are a couple of songs, one in particular, which I'll get into, which has, like, rocketed right to the, maybe not quite the top, maybe just under L- L- Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Lorraine, Lorraine. Freddie, um, <laughs> did you have a, a particular shock in the results? Yeah, so a couple. Again, kind of positive and negative. I think, for me... You touched on Estonia. I was surprised how well that did. It just didn't mm. didn't work for me. You know, it's it's a nice song, but I didn't love it. And Australia, I couldn't believe how well they did. You know, yeah, going into it just 10. again, it's not my kind of song, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't think they deserved to be rated so highly. But on the flip side, um, France, we kind of mentioned, I really thought they'd do better. Yeah. I we were chatting on the day, and I was like, I think France could be top three you know yeah um, and it just something didn't go right there for them um and a kind of another good pleasant surprise for me was belgium i mean gustav i i absolutely love him love the song and i think for him to come so high was actually way exceeded my expectations i kind of thought it wouldn't really connect but clearly there is an appetite for house bangers with mm. with the european population who knew so yeah i i'm pleased that he did so well there's nothing that makes me happier in Eurovision than when a slightly older queen is performing. It's just, it's just live, it's just living. What is, what is more of a gay fantasy than like performing at Eurovision? And so when, when an older gay yeah. person like Gustav is is there, and it was such a 
like I said, it was such a joyful performance. It was so inclusive. It really brought in the mm. backing dancers and the and the vocalists, and it was it really felt like a group effort. But and his, his vocal was so good. So and it, I just loved every time he reacted to getting points and he started blubbing. He was just <laughs> such good value. I loved your stuff. He will be dining yeah. out on that for the rest of his life, as should oh, he. Oh, completely. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see him in the Euro Club um, mm. in Sweden somewhere next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no question. Yes. Yeah. So he's that's the song that. I was saying has just become like I would lo- I love to go in. I think I gave it actually this is a good segue to look at our points going in I gave it like five going into it I would give it ten easily now um it's so good and actually we Freddie and I and Joey uh, shout out to Joey as well uh, from Dublin uh, were in the Eurovision Village losing our minds too oh. because of you and that's when that's when the the, the TV cameras uh, came along and this is footage that has yet to be unearthed. So um, yeah, so good, so so great to bop to Freddie. Oh, go it was amazing, and also that that's the one that I actually ended up voting for. It's the one that you know. Yeah, there you go. In the Euro Village. I picked up the phone and voted for him because I just wanted him to do well. Going into a Freddie, your points were. Do you remember? Uh, remind okay, so remind Gre- me. Greece, Greece, nowhere to be seen. Um, <laughs> I think I think you needed to see it in I person. I haven't seen so the staging. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stage oh my god right so you had switzerland one point yeah i'd still finland enjoy that. only I two that. yeah finland finland really grew on me yeah you, it was kind of undeniable in the end wasn't it, it was like actually there's no resistance is futile to yeah. carry yeah. um france three denmark four austria who the hell is edgar we haven't really mentioned that first they they kind of died to death in the end bless them yeah. and then, then you had belgium with six uk seven israel eight then Norway and Sweden. I think you'd shuffle a few of those around, would you? Yeah. Are you happy yeah, enough? I, 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 yeah, I probably would now, actually. I think Belgium would go much higher. France would go much higher. Denmark, yeah. I'd probably d- drop off because just didn't really uh, do anything in, in, yeah. the, in the performance. Um, but yeah, I agree. Austria was a little bit kind of disappointing in the end. I think they were let down by their first position although it was a great song to open the show with it just didn't yeah. really stand a chance what it just does remind me of though that i was thinking actually being there in the in the arena and then in the village the the power of a sing-along song or a song that you can chant along to i think mm. really came through this year john you probably can say that that's been a theme for a while but songs yeah. like unicorn cha-cha-cha <laughs> who the hell is edgar those songs that everyone yeah. just wants to sing along to really it feels like that's the, the way to go to get a, a, a high score absolutely yeah, yeah and i don't think there were that many last year that i can think of like last year for me was a yeah. great show and obviously fabulous results to have the uk so high up and everything but the, mm. i don't i think the banger quotient this year is much higher which always makes me happy so yeah yeah fair 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 let's talk about the uk just for a sec how do we feel about how that all happened what are the what's the post-mortem well I think there's been a lot said and there's been a lot of analysis, but my view in a, in a nutshell is it didn't deserve to be in the top 10 or anything, but it didn't deserve mm-hmm. to be second from last. Um, I was yeah. hoping for mid, mid table, but I think, you know, as there's, there's even an article on the BBC about it, which talks about why the, the factors that kind of contributed to it, the fact that there were so many other girl pop stars that did better songs, the fact that, yeah. Um, May Muller's song was a bit kind of British and sarcastic. It wasn't really about empowerment in in the same yeah. way as kind of Norway. So I, I think yeah, she did a great job, but we were never going to be able to, you know, match what Sam did the year before. But 
Mm. I still really loved it. And it went down really well in the arena, clearly on the night, like the reaction was insane. And also in the club, yeah. you know, people really enjoyed it. So I, I, yeah. I'm still proud of what, what May in the UK did this year. Yeah, and she's so she's still so funny on social media. I can't help but just root for her and want the best, want good things for her. So, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, John. Um, are there any reflections on how how it all went down? I I know like this period, uh, it's been a week since the contest. There's a lot of number crunching that happens. There's a lot of analysis. Are there any little highlights from the stats that are worth mentioning? Oh gosh, the stats. Now I'm not the best one for the stats. Oh, here's a good one for you though on the subject of Mayola yeah. because I was going to say I I agree with everything Freddie said. I think she's such a great attitude and I love the way she's approached it. I'm sure she will never be one of those embittered contestants who's doing the TV chat shows in a few years say it's the worst thing she ever did. I think she will always be yeah. beloved by the community. And she, again, she's someone who will be welcome at Euro Club for years to come if she want, if she so wants. Suri is like that. Mm. Suri from 2018 who did yeah. bottom five as well with us. She's Every year she's there. Every year she's welcome with open arms. Like You can really get a career out of it. You don't need to win. Um but I was really happy as well that her song went top 10 in the UK. It went in at number nine uh, yesterday. So mm. here's a little, little pop quiz for you. Obviously, last year, Sam Ryder got as high as number two in the charts, which means back-to-back UK entries have not gone top 10 now. When do you think the last time that two back-to-back UK entries made the top 10 on the UK charts? Oh, I'm going to say Precious and... No way. I'm going to say Imani and whoever was before Imani. Imani didn't go top 10. Shocking. Oh, and before, whoever was before Imani was Katrina and the Waves, who won. <laughs> so, yeah, Katrina and the other Waves. Yeah. <laughs> whoever was before um, Imani. <laughs> Freddie, do you have a suggestion? I don't know. Are we going to have to go further back to like the 80s or something, John? Is it going to be that shocking? Actually, no, it's more recent than that. Oh. Um, Jade Ewan? No, Jade Ewan didn't go top <laughs> ten. Either. Top no, 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 not, not even close, no. <laughs> uh, on, John, John or okay. James Newman? Again, not even close, no. <laughs> uh, there was no way that song was going to no I'll tell you it's not the most um, it's not the best one but it, it was actually uh, 2006 with Daz Sampson and Teenage Life and 2007 oh, yeah. with Scooch they both went top 10 so uh, oh did they def- I think this, oh, this is definitely a much better back to back than that was but, yeah, uh, yeah 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 I thought one of the interesting stats for me was that Sweden didn't get a 12 from any country in the televote. I thought that was crazy. Yeah but, uh, but then they, they were top three with the vast majority it was really that just yeah. Kaya ate up that televote. He really did. The finished one just took it yeah. all the way. And so, yeah. yeah. And no how do you feel own. about the backlash, I suppose, to the win? Like, does, like I think the, the winning video has a lot of dislikes. People are, like, talking about abolish the juries and stuff like that. John, fr- from your perspective as a one of the press people, how do you how do you feel about all that? So, well, first of all, there's always going to be backlash on Twitter. There's always, whoever, especially when it's a tight run race, the, the, one, the fans are the ones who comes close and doesn't quite get there so obviously the Finnish fans some of them a lot, mm. I'm sure a lot of the vast silent majority have taken it with the grace that they should there is obviously going to be a yeah. portion a vocal proportion that is quite salty and and the ones who are like throwing abuse at Lorraine or at the organisers you know that's you know, that's just kids on Twitter there's always going to be kids on Twitter doing that stuff yeah. but in terms of the jury debate I I'm really happy the juries are out of the semi-finals I've been saying for years that they kind okay. of outlive their purpose there and I think we have much better qualifiers because of that, I think there are certain songs like Croatia I don't think would have qualified in a in a 50-50. I think the juries would have massacred that. I'm sure there's some other ones as well that I liked mm. that wouldn't have made it through on a jury. I think Serbia probably would have not gone through. Um, okay. But I do think they are needed in the final for balance. What I would say is they need to really address what the juries are voting on. 
because I think the juries yeah. are still in a very conservative place. And again, I don't mean to like keep beating on poor Estonia, but the fact that that song was like top five of the jury on no planet was that one of the five most standout performances. And I think that mm. Finland, to, to have jurors to say Finland was the worst one, Finland was, wasn't even in the top 10. That's, I just don't understand that opinion. You can certainly say that Lorraine was deserved to be higher and when rank her higher, sure, because she was obviously more vocally mm. showy. It's more, it's more of a, like a, a singer's song and a musician's song in many ways. But to, to, to just dismiss everything that Finland were putting out there just doesn't sit well with me. So I think they need to modernise, maybe make the jurors a bit younger, like the, the median age should be a bit younger. And yeah, instruct them to change the criteria on which they're voting. Because I, I think a three-minute kind of vocal warm-up like what Estonia had shouldn't be getting that much attention <laughs> over... And we had Heidi Range, Heidi Partakis, formerly Range, on the jury for the UK, and Chazney mm. Lewis, which I thought was interesting, and Ireland. Uh, Brooke, Brooke was on the uh, jury for Ireland. I thought that was quite cool. Mm. The only stat that I was going to add, which John, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was looking through it, I felt quite pleased that uh, in the public vote, I think UK did better than Spain, if I'm mm. not wrong. That was okay, one that kind yeah. of stood out to me, which I was quite pleased with. We haven't mentioned Spain, but Spain would have, was <laughs> obviously it's kind of out of the, the semi-process. But for me, it was one of the worst songs in the competition. When people were talking oh. about it, it could win. It just, I know that it was very kind of um, Spanish and <laughs> it has it has its audience. But for me, it was yeah. just noise. Um, so I was really pleased that it bombed as much as it did, basically. <laughs> Now, just a little interlude. I um, mentioned before I met James from the Steps episode and he just had a, a couple of things uh, to say about his experience. So here is what James sent to me. Hi, guys. It's James here from the Steps episode coming to you pre-recorded from Centre Parks in Sherwood Forest. So sorry I couldn't join you. Uh, there are some great tits flying around my head at the moment. Lots of squirrels around. Uh, right in the middle of the forest so just to give you an idea of where I am at the moment recording this for you so just uh, my own musings on being at Eurovision uh, this was my first kind of proper time immersed in the Eurovision bubble so so yeah so I've obviously loved Eurovision like most gay men in their late 30s um, to, a, to a certain extent and obviously went to parties every year and I've watched it since the 90s and remember all the classic kind of British entries from back in the day and like the main big entries from like the last 20 years but not until I got within the Eurovision bubble did I fully see how uh, addicted a lot of people are to like the Eurovision experience and I fully got immersed in it myself so it was like proper involved in all of the songs all of the artists and just to kind of give a bit of background why I was there basically I worked for the BBC and they needed loads of extra people to help out at Eurovision because obviously it's such a huge undertaking so I got a job in media operations so I was basically dealing with all of the artists before and after they had press conferences so after the both semi-finals we had a press conference with the presenters so Hannah Waddingham and Graham Norton and Alicia and Julia and then after the final as well when Lorene won so I literally had FaceTime with all of the acts so it was pretty mental um so my take on this year was that it was a really good mixture of songs i think it was a really strong year like i've listened back to 2022 songs like in the last week and i think this year's crop of songs is a lot better and i think in the final it just made for a really pacey show because you never had more than a couple of songs where it was kind of low slow tempo or ballad before you had a bit of a banger again um, and even like most of the ballads were pretty good i mean there were obviously some dirge like you know albania could have got in the bin but even like, I don't know, I loved Moldova's kind of 
you know, take on its own kind of ethnic diversity and, you know, all of that. And personal favourites. So, I mean, obviously all the all the obvious ones. So I really wanted Finland to win. Finland, all week, like whenever they came on in the media centre, everyone went mental for Karia. Everyone thought he was, you know, by far like the, the clear favourite. And I could see kind of maybe the odds changing during the week. And I thought, oh, it feels like the buzz is around him. And honestly, the reaction in the in the arena and... Uh, in the media centre and every time I watched him was was far superior to anyone else including Lorene I mean Lorene I loved the song when it first came out but the longer I lived with it the more I kind of wasn't really loving it and I think you know her performance was quite similar to what she did in 2012 and I think it wasn't necessarily different enough to warrant kind of her coming back and you know as much as I like that song and obviously it's a big chart hit I think you know Karia was clearly like the Eurovision song of this year like it was just obviously just completely mental so I loved him loved Belgium was all over Gustav really wanted that to do well I'm glad it kind of came top 10 Austria were obviously screwed over by being first in the final but you know clearly a great pop song but my big love was Marco Mangoni Italian entry and you know I guess you love it or you hate it in terms of like a slow ballad at Eurovision and I've got no idea what he's singing about but clearly I mean he's a beautiful man and the song is just so beautiful like I just keep listening to it and I kind of can't get enough of it and I think the simplicity of his vocal and his performance on the night kind of really stood out and that's why you know he did well with both the jury and the um and the public vote so yeah my Marco Mangoni story uh I was out and about on Albert Dock on like the Thursday before Eurovision was it Thursday Tuesday before Eurovision before the final and yeah we were about five meters behind him he was with his team and I started singing Dua Vite because I'm a loser uh and I love that song and yeah his, his PR woman basically heard me and I kind of went up to her and I was like oh I really like his song I think it's great and she kind of went oh so why don't you sing the song to him and I'm like like this is literally please can you let the ground swallow up me up moment um but all my friends kind of egged me on and they were filming it and I was in my Eurovision hoodie and I was like oh this is literally the most embarrassing thing I've ever done but I had a video with Marco singing what I could glean from the ver- from the chorus of Duovite, which is basically like three words there's a bit about the, the moon exploding um and a bit about La, la musica which you can obviously understand so i had that i had a video put that online that went viral fantastic great love that um and then i saw him two days later at the press conference that we had with the big five and ukraine i was like i've got to say something so i kind of went hi marco it's me and he went hello it's me and i was like oh my god he's just sung adele in my face this is the most bizarre thing that's ever happened to me and then he looked he pierced into my soul at this moment like we were we were talking i imagined our life together i made him laugh he stared into my eyes and at that moment i i thought he was the love of my life but clearly sadly it was not to be he's got two million followers on instagram but he was my my moral favorite anyway for that reason and then my other story on the night of the final obviously i had to speak to Lorene and brief her on the press conference and all of this stuff and uh she hugged me great fantastic i had a photo with the trophy that was all good and then i saw her eating a toffee crisp so that was my that was my little uh, moment of the night when her, her her pr team were basically handing her various uh, sweet treats i saw her get handed a toffee crisp but just as she was about to go out in, onto the stage to uh, to do her final press conference that was quite funny uh, also spent lots of time in the euro club uh, never been to euro club before that was a mental experience how people can know all the words to any given entry no matter what it was from any year 
uh, would baffle me to, to the day I die but um, obviously I'm going to try and get into it now for next year so I can kind of I can really blend in with the real diehard fans um, did see Samantha Womack nay Janice uh, with her comeback performance of Tell It To of Message To Your Heart um, which she hadn't performed in 30 years since Eurovision uh, and she comes out uh, in only a t-shirt which had Ukraine on it because apparently she was doing it all for Ukraine uh, three drag queens behind her she did the original choreography but she mimed the whole thing. So was it worth it? Yes, probably. Uh, That was also a highlight. Um, I also sang the Azerbaijani entry to the twins from Azerbaijan in the Euro Club. I was hammered. One of them was drinking wine from the bottle. I think he enjoyed it, but he might have been humouring me. I also met the Croatian entry. They were outside my hotel. It was just a a mad, mad, mad two weeks. Like, I literally couldn't have asked for a better experience like I was fully immersed in the bubble and I did not want to leave it and I had a huge come down on Monday and I've only just recovered so I am fully invested for Sweden in 2024 bring it on I don't care if it's 10 pound a pint uh I'm there with bells on and I'm I feel like I'm going to be a Eurovision gay from now on so I'm sorry I've rambled on those are my musings goodbye Thank you very much, James. I'm editing the episode at the moment. Um, and this came through after we'd finished recording it. So, yeah, I just want to say thanks. That was a great uh, message. It was so great to hear how it all was from your perspective as somebody who was being paid to uh, have this uh, time of your life. So good for you. And uh, I need to find this clip of you serenading Marco Mingoni. Can you send it to me? And can I put it on the Instagram? Possibly not. But uh, loved all that. Thank you. Okay, back to the episode. So finally, guys, is there a song, one song each, that you would like to pop on the playlist? Already there are Tattoo, Gustav, and <laughs> courtesy of Tyrion, Albania. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll let I'll let Freddie. You can go first as a first timer at Eurovision. What song would you like to pop on the playlist? Well, I think there's already some really great songs on there. They've stolen probably the ones that I would have chosen, like Gustav. Yeah. The one that I really loved that I think I said earlier was disappointed it didn't do better was France, Evidemont. So I oh, will yeah. add that one because I think for me, that's just a great a great banger that um, I'll be listening to for years to come. Yeah, very sultry, sultry banger. Love it. Uh, there's a good choice. John? Uh, I'm going to add Romania, just because, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody would, would ever do that. Um, no, no, I'm going to add, actually, one that we haven't really talked about at all, uh, which is Norway, mm. who did did what Norway have done quite often recently, in that they had a low, a very low jury. I think they were, like, bottom ten with the juries. And then a massive mm. televote. She came third with the televote behind, behind Sweden and Finland. And, of course, in 2019, they had Kano, who also, like, were very marked down by the juries. And then the televote actually won the televote that year. And it's interesting. I think Norway's really cracked that code of like sending just bit because last year as well was Subwoofer of sending just real crowd pleasing pop stuff. Um, and it's a shame that again the juries are quite foot of verse sometimes and don't really reward that. But I think it's a banger. I'm really glad that's gone top ten in the UK yeah. as well. That's amazing yeah. to me. I think that one's going to be really big with the younger audience. I'm sure it'll be massive on TikTok. So yeah, yeah. She, well done, well Norway. Done Norway. And she, I saw she's touring. She's playing Dublin as well in, in 2024. So like she's making the most of it, which is great because you look at people like. Mm. 
you know, Chanel from last year, who I was like, well, there's a superstar about to emerge onto, into the world. And like, she's released a couple of things, but like, come on, we need to be making more of our moment, I think. So um, I'm into that. I was going to put on, I was going to put on Cha 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 because I was like, okay, he didn't win, but he can make it onto the playlist. And then I just changed my mind because <laughs> one song that I haven't mentioned yet, which is one of my absolute favorites this year. I said before, I quite like, you know, bland, unremarkable music, and I really do. And so I have to put on <laughs> Lithuania, Monica, stage, shoot tuto absolute banger for me, bland banger. I absolutely love it. So that's going on the podcast, the playlist for me. And because we always put four on, the week that's in it, let's pop Padam Padam on there as well. We haven't really talked about it. It's not a normal episode, but I think that needs to be on there. Quick thoughts on that? I mean, we listened to a very teeny leak of it in the in our little we hovel. We did, so we it's your vision it, adjacent. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't, yeah, but it, it didn't, I don't think it really... Um, came across that well through my battered old iPhone. But now having it in full HQ, she, she's done it again. I mean, Kylie, she, she brings it every she ball. Does. I am loving it. <laughs> she's yeah, amazing. Loving it. What I love it. is just seeing the overwhelming, like, support from all the gays on Instagram and online. Like, mm-hmm. she, she, she just, she knows her audience and her target market and she plays yeah. to it. Basically. I love it. I think it would be the song of the summer. Yeah, she is literally giving the gays everything they want with that one. So good on Kylie. So guys, thank you for the chat. It's been so fun to go over um, Eurovision this year. I really appreciate it. And will we be seeing each other in Sweden? I mean, I'll be, there. be there. Hopefully, you see will Freddy? be there. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for it. I think it. You know, I'm I'm converted now. I'm I'm in. So yeah. I'd Do you know it come. was so it was so ridiculously expensive that I was like, Do you know what? If it's Helsinki, I probably won't go. But if it's Sweden, I will. So I will say there is nothing like a Eurovision in okay. Stockholm. They, they, it is like the it's like going home. It is wow. it is the home of Eurovision in many ways. So. Yeah, remortgage your house, you know, don't eat for a while. Do whatever yeah, it m- takes. Make Stockholm okay. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stockholm is an amazing Eurovision host. So. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'll see you guys there and uh, sooner, I hope. But uh, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Kev. Thank Thanks you. Bye. 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 And thank you for listening. This was like not the usual uh, episode. It didn't have all the usual bits, the usual jingles and stuff. But we'll be back with another episode very soon. Uh, actually, very soon. A female superstar. John, you're still on the line, I know. Uh, you'll be thrilled to know it's a Louise special. <gasps> <laughs> and I'm not, the, I'm not the guest no, on the not, Louise special. The dagger in my heart. <laughs> my God. God. When we do Emma Bunton, John, we can, yeah, we can come out for her. Not, yeah. Talk about bland right. bangers, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again, and uh, thank you for listening. And follow us at Gay People Pod on the socials. Um, my mom will be back next time. She didn't really have much more to say about Eurovision this year because she didn't watch it. Anyway, thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Things gay people like.